the been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Yo, yo. I go by the name of Pharrell from the Neptunes. And I just want to let y'all know I'm your push. The world is about to feel. What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Corpus, Laredo, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You're tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Mike Harge, a.k.a. Hardball Harge, Jonas Clark producing, Mr. Sam spinning the one and twos. We are broadcasting here for the Rounders Card Club Studios, and today's show is going to be presented by Hazel Sky Smoke Shop, San Antonio's number one premier upscale smoke shop. Make sure you visit their website at hazelskyonline.com where you can shop for the comfort of their own home, and you can check out their latest products as well also. And this first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential or commercial needs. That is Way to Grow, official sponsor of the sports grind. 736-9760, if you know what you want to talk about, it's open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that we're discussing today that you want to give your opinion on, just feel free to do that. We just ask you be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. All right. Also, don't forget, if you want to uh, get at me during the show or shoot me a message or interact with me, you can follow me on Twitter at SportsGrind. And if you want to interact with Mike or follow him, it's at HardballHarge. What's going on, Mike? You ready to go? I am ready to go. Got a dub last night. Got some yeah. sleep. Slept okay. good. It was okay. a good weekend for me, so All I'm right. good. All right, man. That's what's up, man. We'll get into it. What's up, Jonas? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. Mr. Sams. What's up, fellas? How we doing? All right, man. All right. It's about that time. Tuesday's upon us, so we're getting ready to put a bow on uh, week three in the NFL season with last night's action. We'll get into that. We've got some other NFL news as well, too. Uh, we've got the uh, chatter that's starting up before the big showdown Sunday night between uh, Tampa Bay and Tom going back to New England. Definitely want to get into uh, Bill's side of things. And Tom has responded on his little weekly uh, show that he has on the Wii. So want to get into that. Also, uh, what else we got? College. We didn't get to want to get to some games that hard want to touch on that we get to yesterday um, in college football. And also, I know that I've got my top five college teams that I have right now through really the first quarter of things. Um, so we'll get to that. A baseball. Uh, we've got uh, pennant updates. We'll get to that. Uh, you know, we'll talk about what's going on that. The Cardinals. We'll be going for record number 17, right? Yep, 17, 17. against Milwaukee. I had that on the docket. That's a that's a big game there. Milwaukee's a minus 117, you know, on the money line if you're into those things. If we're a team that's red hot uh, to get on now, you know. Um, just with that, just that's one of those things in baseball and the betting world. Like, that's one of the things you probably – 
I say it's the hardest thing you don't do is don't try to catch a team in the middle of a win streak of that long, that length. Because, you know, that's one of those, the time you, you didn't catch it from one, if you're one of those that play daily action in baseball or every other one casual and you, you're a streak, everybody has their theories. But if you're one of those streaky guys, don't try to piggyback on them now. It's too late. That's too tricky because the time you and not do only it, that, yeah, not only that, it's they had a day off yesterday. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I was thinking about because hmm. one of my numbers was telling me, yeah, go ahead and jump on them. But then I'm like, wait a minute, they had a day off in the middle yeah. of the streak. There you go. That's a that's a that's one of them things right yeah. there. And what? like you said, <laughs> like you said, Dewar, before we came on, that's a good pitching matchup today yep. for that game as well too. So we've got all that to get to NBA as well too. Definitely want to talk. You know, sitting there after the Cowboys game last night, flipping the channels, and then I tuned in and stomped on Don Lemon. Okay, which I you listen to this show long enough, everybody knows I'm not that great a uh, fan of Don, but he had old Kareem on. You know, and the hot button to- topic, which we've been telling you on this show, that's coming on the horizon, is for the NBA is still the vaccination situation. So. You know, Kareem, you know, I got a chance to see that live, but it hasn't really got that much late. But Kareem's like, hey, you know, paraphrase him. And we got some of that audio just saying, hey, if you're not going to comply, and I just feel like all the players are not vaccinated, they should be asked or should be removed from the team. And I'm like, whoa, Kareem. I mean, I know uh, Lou Alcindor's old school, but I definitely want to have my thoughts on that. As you know, we pay attention to the Kyrie Irving thing, and I had a question with the Kyrie Irving. With we talked, to, we brought up a little bit about him, you know, because Barclays has this, you know, arena type of mandate that you have to be vaccinated. So he's thinking about pretty much sitting out forty-one home games. And the question that I had to y'all was, if KD signs off on it, do you trade Kyrie? Based off of what you saw last year, he—I mean—he was hurt last year through the playoff. He got hurt there, but if you look at them and keep in mind, this was a team that played with a fat, out of shape James Harden, who ate his way out of Houston because he was pouting. Like, hey, I don't want to be here. I'm just gonna show up. I'm just gonna drink and hang out with a little baby and show up about thirty pounds of weight and yeah, lose it then. So I guarantee and he James, dropped that thirty pounds quick as soon as he got to New Jersey. I was like, he had to was play he playing himself. with a fat yeah. suit. Was yeah, he, he playing with a fat suit. Yeah, he had to play himself into shape. But keep in mind, I think he's gonna come into this season better shape. So my point in bringing that all up is that I think with that particular team and the way it's built, Kyrie Irving is. Uh, I mean, he could be expendable you know but that's the question we'll get into uh because again it's going to that's a distraction that could turn into a big distraction it's similar to what's going on with the wiggins and you know simmons we've got new information on ben simmons and then we'll try to get to and find out what jonas if he learned anything from media day at spurs yesterday as most teams had their media day but we're going to start first in the national football league and put a bow on week three as the Dallas Cowboys dominate the Philadelphia Eagles last night to the tune of 41 to 21 victory. Okay. And looking inside those numbers, um, Dak, oh man, I was about like maybe 20 yards, a pass, another 20 yards, maybe at that touchdown, which should have been ruled a touchdown by the way, on Dak, <laughs> I don't lose by one point. Two five in my fantasy matchup, but anyway, that's I lost by thing. that. I lost by one point two three. I was like, and I knew it was going to happen. I was like, this game's out of hand. They about to sit him, and sure enough, he didn't get into last possession. But 
anyway, so, you know, Dak had 21 for 26 for 238, three touchdowns. Uh, Zeke, you know, I'm paying attention to the carry situation with him and Pollard. I mean, he had 17 carries for 95 yards, two touchdowns, some tough, hard running at the goal line, running with a purpose. Pollard had 11 carries, so that was a six, you know, carry disparity there. What did we never talked about? What remember, John? What did Vegas have his over total carry yesterday, Pollard, for that game? Wasn't it 12 and a half? I think, I think I think his was at seven. Oh, uh, seven and a half, and they had Pollard. Zeke at fourteen. Yeah, and that's half. right. Yeah. That's what I tell you. Take the over on the Pollard. But anyway, other than that, the other story. You know, if you look on the losing side of it, Hurts three twenty six, two touchdowns, two int, thirty five yards of rushing on nine attempts. Um, this is what I take from the game. Before I get over to the uh, Cowboy man of the show at Harge. Um, I told you, it shows you to paying attention what you see in preseason does matter regardless who's out there. Uh, I've told you that I've seen the notice of Dan Quinn early on, and I think you have to look at that now and look at that's what jumps out to me about the team is this is pretty much the same defensive team except for the, you know, addition of Parsons, you know, um, you know, you didn't retain Alden Smith who played a factor in last year's defense, but pretty much it's the same guys. And you could tell that the coaching and the effort and the basic just run to the ball and hit somebody is more simplified and the defense has benefited from it. And the main guy that's benefited from it is Diggs. You know, Diggs started off horrible last year. I mean, horrible. And I've always said that I thought Diggs was really – Diggs was not one of the top corners that's come through Alabama. I said that when he got drafted. He started the season like that. But, in you know, in the middle of toward the end of last year, he started to catch on. He finished the season pretty good. And through this first quarter, man, it looks like he keeps improving every game. Had a big game, had a pick six yesterday, dropped that route. I mean, a lot of that has to know on Jalen Hurts' tendencies of playing with him in practice when he's reading or know how to know where he's reading or when his hip movement comes out. That had some in, That was inside trading a little bit. You know, that was Bama on Bama crime last night. But Diggs has been playing better, Harge. But the defense in general, and again, I'll go to this, Dak Prescott is Dak Prescott is going to be an MVP candidate. He's in the race for MVP early on. I think it's going to continue that. And the main thing is the guy understands the game and probably is such a tragic situation in his injury might end up being a blessing in the size because the more I hear him talk about it, the time away from just sitting there and having to watch the game through other people's eyes and the quarterback position, that hard work with um, rehab is paying off, man. And what you saw hard last night is the NFC East division that I just don't see anybody yet. And best basically with the underachieving defensive line of Washington and shaky quarterback play, inexperienced quarterback play, I just don't see, and we said it, we all kind of agreed to this before the the the, uh, the season started hard, but I really don't see anybody in the NFC East challenge them. But I do see the main thing is the defense improvement, and then we still got to talk about McCarthy's clock situation uh, and that, but that's the reality. But what did you take from last night, Harge? Well, I mean, I didn't take too much from it because of the fact that Philadelphia Eagles are terrible. They're a terrible football team. I am glad to see that the Cowboys decided to run the ball a lot more and throw it a lot less, and we saw the difference in that. They kept running the clock, running the clock, and we'll get into that clock management that we talked about before. Still can't stand Mike McCarthy, and I think he's just a waste of space on that sideline. Actually, I believe Kellen Moore is saving his job, believe it or not, and Dan Quinn. But I sit here today and I look at it and I say, all right, the scheme was better. 
Dak obviously has so much control of this offense, and it looks good. The team follows Dak because he has an understanding of what's going on with this team. And the other thing that really has stood out to me, and this is no disrespect to the Jalen Smith lovers, the Vander Esch lovers, and anybody else on that defensive side, but Micah Parsons and the speed in which he plays and the urgency is with he plays has changed the way the defense looks. I love what you said about Dan Quinn, what he's bringing, but Dan Quinn is putting Micah Parsons in places where he is being the feature. So some of those other players are starting to make some plays because they can. When the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, has to get the ball out of his hands, that's why Diggs could jump that route. That's why some of those other defensive backs on the backside, the takeaways, they are leading the league in takeaways. And that is where they've never been. It's been a long time since the Cowboys have led the league in takeaways. Yeah, I was kind of surprised when I heard that stat last time. They got eight. That leads the NFL. That's eight takeaways in the season, and that's a big part of playing defense is taking the ball, especially if you got an explosive offense like that, taking the ball and giving it back into Dax in the offensive hands. 736-976, you listen to the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. We'll be back. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760, broadcasting here from the Rounders Card Club Studios, Calvin Casey, Mike Harge. All right, this next segment is going to be sponsored by, let's see who's up, Tiger Sanitation. If you're looking for a job, Tiger Sanitation is always hiring. They're a great company to work for. They do a lot of stuff for the surrounding communities and other surrounding communities outside of San Antonio as well. That is Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right. So, um, sticking to the game last night. But, uh, but yeah, man, I think that's really, you know, the the understanding of Dak understanding this offense. And still, I haven't gone there yet because, I, like I said, but there's a lot of people, you know, and it, it's like, you know, don't forget, too, that you can do a streaming Facebook Live, which you can comment. And this is the thing, too, about Cowboy fans, which I see Judge Mills uh, up here, Miles, I think. And I'm going to set this straight because, like I said, that's one thing about that's why Calvin doesn't do social media too much good because some of the stuff I can't really tell your your con- intent when you type something. But this, this is the thing. Uh, addressing going back to the Jalen Smith because Judge Mills, for the people that's not on Facebook Live, he said, hey, is Judge – is, is uh, Jalen Smith still trash, just checking the stats and the numbers and yada, yada, yada this. First of all, nobody said that Jalen Smith was trash, okay, for the for the 10th time on this judge, all right? The bottom line of it is is that the Cowboys, the way they handle the draft, what they've done, they've sh- and free agency, the little money that they've told you how they thought about Jalen Smith coming into the season. And not saying that he's not performing, he's not, but that's just the reality Number two, this is the thing about Cowboy fans, and I'm not saying this directly to Judge because this is something I haven't brought up in. Like, you're on this Jalen Smith kick, and like I said, I've been doing this show now for 17 years, and I was here when we were talking about this whole Dak thing. I still haven't heard, and we're only three games through, and it really just comes down to health with the guy. 
but I haven't heard from Dallas Cowboy fans that were the anti, we can't give Dak this money. Those people are quiet as, as church mouse. Okay? Those people are quiet. I mean, you you be in their house, you can hear a, a, a mouse pissing on cotton in their house. They ain't said they 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 be they been quiet. So that's the pick and choose. So so judge wants to come in here and say, oh, Jalen Smith, like attacking hard or us, and said nobody said that he was trash. And the bottom line is you're the same person they ain't gonna be able to find when basically we get in the second half and then Jalen Smith, either he fades, either he continues to have a Pro Bowl year, or how have you. But that's why I digress. But this is the situation, like I said, that's what I was going to go to about the DAC people that decided, oh, why are we giving this much? I had a lot of personal texts, whatever. You can't hear from those people because the man's balling. He showed that he was worth that contract, and I knew he'd been worth that contract, and he's approved every year. And he, like I said, him and Dan Quinn are the two MVPs through the first quarter of Dallas. That's the reason why they are 2-1. and one. That's the reason why they, they really could be 3-0. and oh. Okay, even I mean, give and take those, but those are the people that owe the credit. But you know what, Harge, when you say Philly, when you said that, hey, you wasn't really that oppressed, kind of well, well, it's Philly. But this is what I'm gonna say: teams that are supposed to be good dominate those teams that they play that are bad. That's I have no doing. problem. There's with a that. lot of talk about, oh, you haven't played nobody. This is your play. These are NFL teams that get paid on the first and fifteenth, just like all the rest of them. This we don't have a conference USA. No disrespect to the Roadrunners. We don't have a Mountain West. This is the National Football League. So when you are a good team and you're playing against a team that's going through a rebuild, which I think all of us thought on this show with Philly. When you play those teams, you don't go. It doesn't come to the fourth quarter. It doesn't sit there. You beat those teams decisively. That's what the deal is. That's where you can differentiate. Well, they're playing who's on the schedule, but they're playing on a bad team. How are they performing against there? So the one team that they should be superior from, they that score wasn't even that close as 41 to 21. Yeah, that should not have been that close. Right, right. I think a lot of things that happened, you know, you look at Dak being lazy in the end zone with the pressure, them trying to throw the ball. That's why they got the, the, the touchdown early. Parrish Cox got the ball in the end zone. Okay. Now we're sitting there and we're starting to look. Dallas should have scored that touchdown that we we talked about earlier. That was mm -hmm. a review. That was another touchdown. Mm -hmm. That game was a blowout. And yeah. to your point, Dallas dominated the way that they should. Yeah. But that is what I expect. That's why right. I wasn't really you I know, get you. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Because when you look at it on the surface, man for man, player for player, there it is. Okay. There it is. The Cowboys were supposed to be better than Philly. Jalen Hurts is still trying to understand the position. He's still trying to understand what they, what are they doing for him? That's a that was a terrible. You know how you said it was a terrible game plan mm -hmm. against uh, Cleveland for no, yeah, Justin with, Fields uh, for Cleveland. Justin Fields, yeah. exact same thing yesterday with them. They didn't run the ball. They didn't run the ball. Miles Sanders. Mm -hmm. I think he had at one point. I, I think they had Dak through more passes than they ran plays yesterday. Yeah. I think they had three runs. Miles Sanders had two of them for twenty-seven yards. Yeah, like so. When you look at the game plan in which Philadelphia had, and maybe they thought he was able to do that. There's no way, no how 
not today. Jalen Hurts is not that quarterback. That team has got to get better. Their defense was on the field way too much. Mm -hmm. And I know he threw for 300 yards, but at some point, the Cowboys just started dropping back in coverage because they knew they weren't going to run the ball. Yeah, and definitely, you know, I've I've liked, you know, what they're doing with the receiving core in Philly. I mean, it's just going to take some time. It's two different – Teams and franchises at two different places of of where their teams are at, and you know, considering speaking of going into the twenty twenty one season, um, you said uh, you said something interesting there last segment, Harge. Won't you elaborate? Okay, so let's because we can segue, and it's a nice thing to get into the McCarthy clock management. Which, like I said, I found myself again watching more time with Peyton and Eli, which I want to get into that. Uh, but you know, this clock situation with McCarthy, you say that you believe Kellen Moore. Is really and and Dan Quinn, but especially Kellen Moore is saving his bacon because this is a, you keep in mind this is the first time McCarthy has been in a situation as a head coach that he hasn't called the plays. Okay, this is I mean, granted, it, I mean it was like this last year, but the man's been in football for over thirty years, I think over twenty five years combined in the NFL. If not, I'm probably shortchanging him. But the point meaning is that he's been a head coach of Green Bay. This is the first time that takes some adjustments for him not calling the plays. I'm not trying to make excuses to McCarthy, but it's going to take some edge. But are you telling me, Harge, that you feel that we got another Dave Campo on a situation? The only difference is, is Mike coming in with a hardware and a Lombardi instead of what Dave Campo had? Because when you sit there and say he's just taking up space, that lets me know it's like, you know what? Um... He he's he just uh, that whole sleepover over Jerry Jones's house months ago, a year over a year ago when they hired him was more like, hey man, I'm gonna give you this opportunity because we know you didn't the Jets didn't even return your call, your phone's cold, so nobody called you yet. But I'm gonna give you the chance to coach the Cowboys, but you're gonna do it my way. And I've got a phenom over here by the name of Keller Moore. And before you came on board, we had the number one offense, and that's not gonna change. You okay with that, Mike? Yeah, okay. It it seems like he had to sign up for that. It seems like he had to sign up for that because if you sit and you watch the Dallas Cowboys like I do, like you watch the Denver Broncos, I pay attention to the Dallas Cowboys. And the way that he goes about every single thing, and we what happened to us, we got a chance to see him on hard knocks. And Hmm. everyone got a chance to see that this dude is not the leader that I thought he was. I was hoodwinked and bamboozled when Jerry decided to go get him because I thought he was going to come in and be aggressive. He was going to do certain things with this team and take them to the next level. But as I sit here today, as a Cowboy fan, if I have to sit and wait for him to do anything, it is going to be a problem for me. Hmm. And the reason being is because you look at the play calling, Dak and Kellen Moore are real tight. I told you before I wasn't really a big Kellen Moore fan because right. I just didn't like the fact that he was taking away, making the, the game had changed and everybody wanted to throw the football the entire time. But you got all that money in the backfield. You got a decent enough run. Right. And you're going to get your quarterback killed. In the numbers state, when Dak does this, the Cowboys will either win or lose. Those are facts. So how yeah. is it that we look at these numbers and you just can't understand them, right? Well, I want to so, lab- yeah, I want to elaborate more on that because again, you beat a t- opponent that you could you're supposed to beat, but with the way you dominated that, and because of that, now becomes the expectations of everybody coming in when we're talking about power rankings and all that. Because Dallas could be three and zero, you know, seven three six nine seven six. You listen to the Sports Crowd broadcasting here for the Rounders Car Club Studios. We'll be back.
All right, back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760, broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. Today's show is being presented by Hazel Sky Smoke Shop. Make sure you visit their uh, website on hazelskyonline.com. And um, this next segment is going to be sponsored by Beto's. Beto's, they've been celebrating for serving great Latin food to the San Antonio area for over 20 years. Don't forget, they're located on Broadway, and now they offer brunch seven days a week. That is Beto's official sponsor of the sports crime. Um, All right, so back to um, the game last night before we move on. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be interesting, them going forward, like I said, with the expectations. And I think, you know, the Mike McCarthy conversation is fair. I don't think that's nitpicking because at this level at NFL, coaching matters when talent meets talent and they're and, and, and teams are close to evenly matched or this and that. Coaches' decisions and one of the biggest decisions that they have to do is clock management, and you got to get used to that. You know, I mean, that's a he. I mean, his focus has normally been to plays, calling plays, and now his focus is more of situational football, this and that. And you could tell he's not comfortable with that. You know, prime example, the team that artists I pay attention to, Vic Vangio, man, 40-some years plus as a defensive-minded coordinator in the National Football League. Seen it all. It took him this long to become a head coach. When he came a head coach the first year, there was clock management issues. There was second year. It was kind of the same. You've seen and approved. Why? And not only that, he's never called defensive plays from the sideline. He's been up there in the box. That was an issue for him to get used to. He was talked about. It. He was asked about it. There, there's different things, and I think that it's not nitpicking because as Dallas goes to other competition outside of their division, and you talk about is this a team that could be playing in January in an NFC Championship game, you are going to sit there and run up against teams that have good coaching staffs, and bad clock management can cost you some games. And he's done it right. two weeks in a row. And I think to Harge's point, the other reason why he's brought so much attention to this is because of his bogus answer in the post game last week about, oh, well, you know, the clock's over here. We got I mean, Peyton Manning said, that's- like, well, I guess they're at home. They should know where the clocks are here. You know, like, come on, man. That's not that's the legit. I mean, if you want to say the pro, the, and I still sit there. They don't, I still stick with this, and I'll say it all year. Dallas is two defensive players in the back, and maybe a pass rush. A dominant, they're two defensive playmakers away from being a legit team that could win the whole thing. That's yeah, just and, where I, they're and, at. and for those people that are saying that it's cowboy hate, no, I'm a realist. I'm a cowboy fan since I, I came out the womb. That. I've seen a lot of cowboy games. I've been to cowboy games. I've been around this team. I know what it's about. And I've got friends that cover the cowboys. We've had Goose Goslin on the show. Here's the biggest problem for me. That clock management in which you talk about, if we're going to work on these things, we need to practice them right there. Your team stopped the team to get ready to get the ball back. You could have got the ball back. You could have had another opportunity to kick a field goal going in because all points matter in the NFL. In the way that he was going about that yesterday, he's standing by the referee. He's telling the referee, no, I don't think we need to use the timeout right here. Everybody's asking, why are you not calling a timeout? From the fans, from the writers, from the people that are watching the game, from the people that are calling the game. How are you not taking those timeouts in that situation where your defense has put them behind the line? 
That's the thing that is frustrating for me as a head coach because we know it as fans. You call the timeout. What are you going to do with them? They don't roll over. Use right. them. Right. I, I agree. I, I think the continued success for Dallas is going to be as the defense continues to prove under, um, you know, uh, Dan Quinn. That's important. Number two is going to be health. Two's going to be two's going to be a health if they can stay healthy. A team is still that can't suffer. Um, Many injuries. You know, they are a team that has don't have much depth. I mean, the receiving core is probably the deepest out of any position of the other position groups. Um, Dak's health is that's the obvious. I'm not even gonna state Dak's health, but we know what the backup quarterback situation, but offensive line and defensive line and secondary, they can't afford any injuries. And that's I wish I could pronounce. Go ahead. I wish I could pronounce the other rookie, number 97. He's playing his butt off. I know Micah Parsons gets all the love, as he should, but number 97 was trying to take people's heads off yesterday. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't. I can't pronounce his name, so I don't want to disrespect the brother, so I'm going to go 97, and he was out there playing his tail off yesterday. Yeah, I, I know. I, I mean, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Now, I think, and, and, and going forward, and I can tell you this right now, I mean, this Carolina Panthers game is going to be a lot harder than the Philly game. Carolina Panthers, as I told you, and I told you this before, I told you, watch out after that Houston game. I told you Carolina was going to go out and probably sign a quarterback and trade for a quarterback, and they did. Uh, they went out and traded for um, a man from uh, Jacksonville. Um, C.J. Henderson. C.J. Henderson. Yeah. yeah, and let me tell you this: the the interesting thing about this is this is Dallas's next opponent up. Um, Scott, uh, I think his name's Scott Filter, Filter or whatever. He's a GM for Carolina. Um, his his the crazy thing about this in 2011, he was the head scout, head scouting department of Seattle, which was that was the year that the Legion of Boom was started to be created in talent. He's now the GM in Carolina. If you look at Carolina, I think they have one of the youngest, fastest passion rush fronts in the National Football League. Uh, the secondary, you know, losing a number first round overall pick and Horn is I knew that would address the cornerback because they're kind of thin. But make no mistake about it, the way Sam Darnold's playing, I mean, it's it, it shouldn't. It's not on the level with that. But the way Carolina plays a defense, this game is going to be totally defense. I'm standing on record. I'm telling you, there's not going to be – there's only two defenses and two defense-minded coaches that I think that can handle Dallas in four quarters. And, and one of them I'm about to write them out because they're not a performing as much as, you know, I thought they would be, and that's Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And the other one still resides in, uh, in Colorado, Pablo. His name's Vic. Other than that, I think anybody else. But with that said – Carolina, that's going to be a different game. That's going to be a competitive game. That won't be a blowout there. That's a competitive no. game. And don't forget Sam Darnold beat the Cowboys when he was with the Jets. That's he true. Was coming, Good fun, man. I mean, trust me, for those that don't think I watch the Cowboy and I'm a Cowboy header, I watch the game, bro. No, I know you do. You know I know you do. And that's what I love about you. You ain't biased. You just you ain't seeing through silver and blue. God. When your boys are kicking, they kicking. And when you got to look at things, you look at the big picture of it. Ain't nothing wrong with that. 736-9760. You listen to the Sports Crowd broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. We'll be back. To all the ladies 
in the place with style and grace. Allow me to lace these lyrical dishes. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760. Broadcasting here for the Rounders Car Club Studios. Today's show is being presented by Hazel Sky and Smoke Shop. Um, all right, so keeping it moving here. Uh, before we go on to some other NFL news, uh, the broadcast last night with Eli and Peyton. They're getting better, man, uh, every week. And it's crazy because, like I said, I only got a chance to, I mean, I've done TV a little bit uh, for a hot six months, I think it was. And then doing this show and being in there, you can kind of tell, like when I watched them, and you could tell like the growth of getting comfortable of doing a show that takes production just from the fact that they've had a rough time, like at first knowing when to go to break, like when you have a when you have a guest on and the producers just have to cut them in the middle of something. But last <laughs> night you see them getting better. I think it's genius. Uh, like I said, I think they're on to something. Uh, you know, last night they had LeBron on. Uh, they had Nick on. They had Chris Long on. I mean, it's it's set up very nice. I think the next few weeks they're taking off. I don't think they come back until like week seven, I think it is, week seven. Uh, but no, they're getting they're getting better. It was hilarious. Eli doing the Dak pregame salsa stuff was hilarious. Uh, but no, I think they're Him shooting the double birds to yes. everybody and not realizing he's yeah. on live TV, thinking yeah. they can blur it out. Yeah, Eli's like, well, can we do that? I guess or not. Eli said, but they can do that to me in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> he was walking out. It was hilarious. Nine year old kid. Yeah, way. man. Nine year old kid did that to me in Philly. Yes, yeah, so they're doing. Uh, they're getting good. What you got, Jones? Just that when you look at how that's growing week over week, obviously it's turned into a, mm-hmm. into a better product. Uh, it doubled from week one to week two. We don't have week three numbers yet. Uh-huh. But it's going to be interesting to see how that maybe tapers off and it, whether it drums up you know, more uh, anticipation for that, the next one or if it just kind of becomes a secondary thought again. That, that's with the word of mouth. That's the people talk. That's like, hey, man, you check that movie out? You need to go check that movie out. And then next thing you know, it starts going. Next thing you know, that movie grosses more that, grosses more. It's that kind of effect with that. But, no, they're definitely on to something here. And I told Jonas, it's like, look, that I, I told AC last night, looking at that, it's crazy because it, they're showing you because that's exact. like Peyton, it doesn't matter how much money Eli has in the bank, which he made a lot playing career. It doesn't matter. He's matching the Super Bowl. Peyton treats to him just like he's his little brother. Like, he gives you an insight. Like, he still talks to him and treats him like he's Eli, the little brother. And that that's hilarious to me. I mean, regardless, you just see it. It just oozes through the screen. But, you know, uh, good production. Shots out to them. Keeping it moving, uh, Harge. Other NFL notes before we transition into college, back to college. Um, Tampa Bay, the Bucks have decided to go ahead and pick up that phone and work out Richard. Sherman, they're bringing him in. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, if you look at that secondary, I told you before when the cornerback got hurt and dislocated his elbow, that the only person they had over there was Dean, and everybody kept attacking number 35, Dean. Well, Dean, yes, last week got hurt. He got hurt too. So Mm -hmm. now they have to bring somebody in to cover because the bottom line is we're starting to see some different things. Obviously, Matthew Stafford's a different level quarterback. We've been talking about how he's he's catapulting himself into the, the little bit of a MVP conversation because of where he is now. Right. So I'm really excited to watch that. But now the Buccaneers are looking and they're like, we got to do something different. We, we can't have a quarterback throwing the ball on us this much and not being able to bring in a veteran – like a Richard Sherman. You know, somebody that I think that they need to look at is uh, Talit Khalid, 
the the defensive that, back that used to be with you. You, you want to try to bring him out of the booth? That brother's up there doing play by play for Fox chilling. You want to try to bring him out of street clothes? What's strip? What's what you heard Sherman doing? I ain't seen him doing nothing. He's been at the crib chilling. True. So I guarantee True. you, Talib is in great shape. You can see him on there yeah. talking. And I know if, if he's got a chance to go play for a winner, whew, that's an opportunity for you to get another ring, bro. That's a hot take. I, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but that's interesting if that gets rumbling here over the next few weeks. Don't forget, too, guys, the rough summer that Richard Sherman had with yeah. the whole cop and yeah. and yeah. knocking on his in-law's door and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Well, I don't think that has anything to do with him not being a job yet because uh, there's a lot of guys doing a lot worse than that that's in the league. I think it comes down to a lot of people feel – Richard's a little longer tooth and loss of step. I mean, it's a young man's game, but to Hard's point, and to the end, again, this is Brady, you know, again, getting a guy. And like I said, there's only so many people, and that's a team that you got to bring in some veterans because you don't have time, and you got a defensive coordinator, uh, you know, and Todd Bowles that's very complex. You don't have time to teach no rookies, somebody off the practice squad or something, especially when you got, you know, Super Bowl aspirations as they do. But that's the interesting about Tlaib, man. And I think Tlaib, we talk about Peyton Manning, and Eli, but Tlaib's given Tlaib's changed the game too, because he's given a whole side of different and talking to the other type of demographic of people that's kind of common that sounds like him, looks at him, and be able to look at the game and break it down to that way. They, they're, they, you know, Fox, they, they ain't slick, man. These VPs and everybody getting very creative on how they're creating different things. Okay, mm-hmm. the only difference is is that I'm watching from far. I see like, oh, it's getting like that, huh? The game to change over 17 years. You can be yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Remember yeah. shipping this damn demo out. I had to leave the break music. I leave the bumper music out. Don't do that. You might scare. We can get no call that way. Now it's different, man. Seven three six nine seven six. You listen to the Sports Grind broadcasting here from the Rounders Card Club Studios. We'll be back. Black political power is changing the direction of this country because we're a voice of change and our votes have real power. We have the chance to make a difference again here in Virginia. We must elect leaders who will fight for better jobs, better schools, affordable health care, who will care about keeping us safe from crime and systemic racism and support our families' needs to recover from the pandemic. Let's take action together. Vote early until October 30th or vote on Election Day, November 2nd. Paid for by the NAACP. 